Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. I am intentionally encouraged when I see people doing business the right way. And for the last 15 years, Damon Burton and his team at SEO National have done just that. Now you might say, Brian, what can they do for me and my business? I'm going to tell you what they can do for you. They can help you understand search engine optimization. There are a lot of players out there in the marketplace, but you want a team of people that are going to be dedicated to working with you and helping you to understand search engine optimization and how you can show up higher on search engines so that you can bring more revenue into your business. Damon and his team are full of integrity, honesty, decency, and trust. And if that's important to you and that encourages you, I would encourage you to give them a call today at 855-736-6285 or go to seonational.com and get a free quote and tell them you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Get ready for a dynamite conversation coming up right now on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. Part two of this conversation. I, I, see, I told you, I promised you two parts with the with the incredible Kevin Ward. It, we're going to deliver. We're, we're, as we say in West Virginia, we're flat going to deliver in this one. And I even turned up a little bit of hillbilly there for you. But my, my friend, the wisdom seeker himself, Kevin Ward, joining me on the Intentional Encourage podcast. Kevin, we we picked up, we left off in part one. Mm-hmm. And if you heard that, man, oh man, did you get, did, there was so, I, I ran out of notebook paper trying to write <laughs> down all the stuff you, you said. You're kind. But but it, hearing in part two, you said something at, at the end of part one. Let's, let's start here. You said something at the end of part one that I really didn't consider as a key component of wisdom. And this is about the encouragement of wisdom and we're going to get there because Kevin really laid a good strong foundation, a good groundwork. So we're going to pick up on that and we're going to get where we're going. But you were talking about experience and that's the component of wisdom that 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 I just the, the light bulb went off there. Mm. Talk about the power and the importance of experience in wisdom. Well, the you know, experience in anything is is important. We can talk, we can read, we can you know share the words, and but if we can't do it, don't have the experience to make it happen, then I'll talk and no no action. Um, and the the value of wisdom is that we begin to take knowledge and understanding and do something with it. And not only do something with it, but do something with it that is beyond ourselves. It's beyond uh, just what it involves with us. And um, with any of it, one of the key components is is, uh, intentionality. Because there are a lot of us that experience things over and over and over again and still don't learn from it. And... uh, but yeah, the the uh, if we're intentional, and then we use our knowledge, or use our understanding, and then apply it, and apply it from a wise perspective, our experience becomes great. 
And well, Kevin, let me jump in here because okay. here's where what I was thinking about as you were talking about that. And the reason I wanted to jump in was because you, you we've seen all these stories of great businessmen. Mm-hmm. And, and people have said, well, this guy failed 15 times before he got something right, you know, or mm-hmm. one name that's immediately coming to mind is is the historical inventor Thomas Edison. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times did the light bulb fail before he found the right combination and the right formula? And a lot of times people will say, well, well, you know, it was it was all that failure that led to the success. And, and my thought is, yes, but there had to be something learned every time that mm-hmm. failure exi- that came to pass. And what what I tell people is, yes, there were multiple failures. And here's where my brain goes. Yes, there were so many failures. But there had to be intentional encouragement to keep that person going because without it, you would just bury your head in your hands and go, I don't think I'm up to the task. Right. I think this is beyond me. And if we had men like Edison that said that, we all be we'd all be using oil lamps. Mm-hmm. We 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 wouldn't have the technology. If if we were like that, we would have never heard of Sam Walton, who who founded Walmart in a little right. town in Arkansas. Yeah. And so, Kevin, what what do you where do you apply intentional encouragement in the midst of failure, and how do you apply it? I hope I'm asking that question correctly. Because when you were saying that and you were talking about experience, that's immediately where my mind went to. Well, the, what we have a couple of issues going on in our culture. Uh, one of them is that we see adversity always as a bad thing. And that is not the case. That is not a wise approach to adversity. Because the wisdom in regards to adversity is not only don't resist it, but be thankful in the midst of it and the gratitude. And the when we learn to, rather than say, well, I didn't get what I want the first time, we're thankful in it and go, okay, what could I, what did I get out of this yeah. that I can then build on? And to be thankful in it, and a key word, by the way, is that the the wisdom is thankful in it. We're not always going to feel thankful. In fact, most times when we're struggling, we don't feel thankful. But the wisdom that we learn is even when we don't feel thankful, that we give thanks in it. We are grateful uh, for what we have, who we are. Sometimes we just have to back up and be glad and grateful we're alive. And, and, you know, people say, well, I don't have anything to be grateful for. Are you breathing? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, Are are you reasonably healthy? Yeah. Uh, So going back to uh, welcome adversity as a teacher, then be thankful in it. And from there, you're able to go, okay, what did I learn this time? Yeah. And not give up. And that's something that we, again, we have lost uh, in our culture because we've, first of all, said, well, if you've got this requisite knowledge, you don't need to go any further. You've got yeah. what you need. No, uh, I am been 
uh, around uh, the span of this earth for a number of years, and I still have so much to learn. In fact, I'm even more aware now of how little I do know. And so I'm learning every day. And I am also, I've been blessed uh, by God's grace to have picked up a little bit of wisdom here and there. Yeah. But even that, I, I get, I learn with new wisdom every day because I'm looking for it. Yeah. And, yeah. and understanding that gaining wisdom is not like microwave. You hit the button, press it 30 seconds later, it's there. And when we began to uh, learn and gain the wisdom of a principle that's been around a long time and it's gone out of uh, popularity, but delayed gratification even. Uh, you know, uh, people like Edison and uh, Colonel Sanders and yeah. all these people that struggled through so many losses uh, understood that it wasn't going to happen quickly. And they understood that there was value in not complaining and resisting the struggle they have and the fact that they didn't get whatever it was at that moment so that they can then go, well, what did I get? Yeah. What did I learn? What did I experience? And then as they start piecing those things together, and I, I have not read a uh, in-depth uh autobiography or a biography, excuse me, of Edison, but I suspect, you know, he didn't just fail and then start over again immediately. He failed and he spent time figuring out what happened. Yeah. He, you know, one of them, I, I, more and more, I'm convinced that this needs to be a practice that we all need to do on a regular basis. And that is disconnect, walk away, disconnect, you know, get our minds off, whatever that's distracting us and then observe, take it in, take it in from the outside, take it in from the inside and then seek wisdom. What did I get from this? What could I have gotten? What did I miss? And when we do that process uh, regularly, we will find wisdom. That's a, that's the seeking wisdom process. Yeah. And, and part of it is that we've got to take the time and not uh, be so inundated with stuff. You know, I'm a, I love, I, I'm part of it because I have what we call OSTD in my family, Oh Shiny Thing Disorder. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. Prices are going up by the day. We've got to find ways to increase our household revenue. Now, a couple ways you could do that is, one, you could go and ask your boss for a raise, but if that doesn't work, I've got another way for you. It's my friend Joe Hart's program called Products for Profit. Joe's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourage podcast and told his story about how learning retail arbitrage changed his life, and he's been helping thousands of people change theirs. Now, retail arbitrage is simply this. It's taking a product and buying it and then reselling it online for a higher price, and you keep the profits. And guess what? Amazon and Walmart use third-party resellers every day to fulfill their customer orders. I want you to go to productsforprofit.com or productsforprofit.carrd.co. Get connected to Joe's team. Tell him you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast and start making money today with Products for Profit. And now let's get back to more great conversation on the Intentional Encourager podcast. 
and my mind's <laughs> going all the time. So I love taking information, yeah. but there are moments that I've got to say no. Yeah. I've got to shut it down. I've got to take uh, things out. Uh, in fact, uh, part of what I had to learn back when I first started the podcast over a year ago, when I was talking about this process of disconnect, observe, and seek wisdom, is that I had to uh, reprioritize my focus on uh, what was going on political processes. Yeah, uh, I'm very astute about political processes, but I got to a point that it was just a distraction. So I had to disconnect. Now, it doesn't mean that I am not remaining astute about political process. Right. It just means I uh, took uh, uh, made a choice not to let it be a priority. And each of us has something that distracts us. Whatever it is, we need to disconnect from it. So then we can stop and observe. Uh, what I, one of the things that kind of brought this to the forefront of my mind is uh, there's a route that I travel where I live and uh, that I go by it on a daily basis. And I was asked, well, did they ever take care of this? It was, you know, dead bushes or something, you know, yeah. not a big deal. But I, all of a sudden I couldn't even, I'd driven by it that day. And I couldn't even answer the question. And at that point, I realized that's because we are not, uh, we're distracted so much of the time. We're not observant. Yeah. And once I uh, stopped and said, okay, I need to at least look at that because it's pretty bad when I drive by it multiple times and I can't even answer that question. So I, I disconnected and I started observing. Well, sure enough. I realized that they had done something with that situation. But the, at that point, the greater wisdom was not to get into being on autopilot. Yeah. So much of what we do on a daily basis, we're an autopilot. And at some point, if we stay in autopilot, we're going to get unhealthy. Because we were never in, created to be on autopilot. Well, and, and I love what you said there about that because everybody thinks that execution just nat just comes naturally. And and here's what I was thinking about when you were say, when you were talking about that. I listened to a podcast that, and my favorite NFL football team is the Cincinnati Bengals. I have been a Bengals fan since I was nine years old. And I listened to their quarterback, Joe Burrow, talk about that. And he said, you know, the, the big knock this year on Cincinnati, if you followed football, was, my goodness, Burrow's getting killed back there. He's he's getting sacked so many times. And the guys on this podcast brought that up. He said, I'm glad you brought that up. He said, people don't understand the sack. Just kind of looked at him and they he said, it depends on the down and distance. He said, if I can't throw the ball away, rather than try to force something, if I'm on the side of the field, if I'm on the 25 or 30-yard line, he said, I might take a sack instead of throwing the ball and it possibly getting intercepted. He said, I can get sacked. We're still in field goal range. Mm. He said, now, if I can throw the ball away, if I don't have anything – and I can throw it away, okay, it's fourth down. He said, but, he said, people don't understand 
that by me getting sacked, I've protected the possession. I didn't do something stupid. I didn't make a mistake that cost my team. Well, I, didn't, he, I didn't turn the ball over foolishly. He gains. He has obviously gained some wisdom in his craft. Yeah. Because, um, you know, the book says this situation, you're this position, so many yards away from first down, you know, the book answer is do X. Right. Okay. But he's also thought probably tried X several times and realized X doesn't always work. Well, and Kevin, it's self-study. It's observation. You just hit the nail on the head. He has watched so much film, and, and I heard him talk about this, and forgive me for continuing to use the football analogy, but he, he I, I heard another interview he did, and he said, my rookie year, he said, we were playing the Colts, and he said, in this situation, he said, I saw something that I hadn't seen before. He said, the linebacker dropped a different way, and it confused me, and he said, I threw an interception. He said, after I watched the tape, I immediately saw, hey, I should have checked to this play. And because of that, we would have had a different outcome. Mm -hmm. Now, when he looks at it, the wisdom of experience and years and looking at that, he sees that again. He's going to go, I'm not throwing an interception again. I've seen this look before. The Bible says there's nothing new under mm. the sun. And so I believe what you're talking and I love what you said about disconnection and observation because in the moment you can step back and go, I've seen this before. This is what I didn't do before. Now, this same situation, I'm going to do this and get the result. But, Kevin, here's what troubles me. You were talking about a little bit about the political process. I'm going to go mm -hmm. here a minute, okay? If this offends you what I say, forgive me. I am, and I'm talking to the listener here. Who I am is a, is a Christian conservative. I put Christian in front of conservative because I'm a Christian first and foremost. Before mm. being a father, before being a husband, before being a son, before any label that you want to put on me, I'm a Christian first. Mm. Before any label is applied to me, intentional, encourage, or whatever, I'm a Christian first. Mm. But if I don't look at, and I love what you said, Kevin, if I disconnect to the point of, well, I don't care what's going on. They can do whatever they want to. They can burn it all down. I don't care. Then I am missing a way to get wisdom mm -hmm. and see where I can help somebody understand what's going on around me. If somebody didn't, if somebody didn't study current events and study history, I, I forget who it was that said, if we don't learn from history, we're doomed to repeat it. Mm -hmm. There is real power, not only in the disconnect, but the observation. Where do we miss it? in disconnecting, Kevin, how, how, how were you able to disconnect and still observe? Because at the end of the day, to be totally disconnected is near impossible, especially in our culture. Okay. The problem is, and, and the goal is not 
to disconnect to a point that you are, I would say, oblivious, okay, head in the sand kind of approach. Not, not what I'm encouraging at all. Yeah. What I'm encouraging is that uh, when we disconnect uh, for a time, it could be minutes, it could be hours, it could, in some cases, now I have to say, in some cases, there are things that many of us need to disconnect from, period. And, uh, and I won't get into those details because it, it varies. There's a couple of them I recommend highly to most everybody. No, but, but Kevin, what you're talking about is foreign to a lot of people because of the constant state of, of connection that is bombarding us daily. You know, you, you can drive by your favorite restaurant. Well, connect with us on Facebook. Mm. You can drive by the car wash. Well, connect with us on Instagram. You were talking about auto mechanics. You can drive by a 10-minute oil change place. Connect with us here. There, There is, I love what you're saying there because the, the, the conventional wisdom of the day says always be connected. Right. And, and what you're talking about is there's real power in not being connected to everything and, and yeah. stepping away and, and getting, forgive me. I had to, because again, you are just, you're plowing deep right now in that, in that area. Do you feel like that people would have withdrawals, physical oh, yeah. withdrawals if, if they were disconnected for minutes or hours at some point? Oh, yes. In fact, I'll tell you a, a visible, physical, a mental, emotional response that I have now, because one of the things that I've disconnected from is consumption of, of news. And I've done that on purpose. And I, I use the word consumption because that's what we do. Doesn't mean that I'm unaware. I, I stay very aware, but it's in my terms. And after having disconnected from media, news media in particular, but even live TV media, uh, after disconnecting from it, and I've been disconnected from it for several years now, Yeah. when I get around it, like uh, sometimes we want to uh, feel the need to watch local weather or something real time, and I turn on TV, live TV and all, in 10 minutes or less, I am visibly affected by it. Anxiety wow. level changes. Yeah. Uh, uh, my um, tension level changes to a point that I, I just, I want to throw something or whatever. And so I've realized that by disconnecting, uh, and I went through a time of, you know, well, what's happening? What's going on? Can, uh, Something could go on, I'll miss it. Or Yeah, that FOMO, that fear of oh, yeah, the out. Yeah. Big FOMO. In fact, I really have to appreciate that someone on LinkedIn, I'm trying to remember, oh my goodness, and I try to always attribute to uh, who it is, but someone has uh, come up with a new concept. It's called JOMO, and it is the joy of missing out. And I thought, wow, when I heard that, I thought, yeah, because there's a real joy, a, an energy, a recharge 
for not being connected. Yeah. And it comes back to three questions or three concepts. Can I control it? No. Okay. Second question, can I influence it? No. Third part of the concept or the process is then let go. And if the if in order to let go, if you just have to ignore it or disconnect or remove yourself from it, by goodness, do it. Yeah. Because you know, so much of what we're doing today is trying to give energy and effort and uh, just uh, even our health to things that we cannot control, we cannot influence, and and it's to the detriment of the things we can. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. You know dreams are powerful pieces of intentional encouragement. We all have them. If you're a business owner, you've probably always dreamed of taking your sales to levels you've never seen before. I've got a guy that can help you with that. His name is Brad Norwood. My good buddy Brad has been on the Intentional Encourager podcast as a guest before, and he is a dream specialist. His company, Dream It Pro, offers incentive packages to travel to places such as the Masters, Kentucky Derby, the Super Bowl, even exotic places that you've always wanted to take your team, but you just didn't know how to do it. Brad's your guy. And oh, by the way, Brad's a certified bucket list coach, so he can help your team members achieve their personal dreams as well. I want you to go to www.dreamitpro.com and find out more or call him directly at 479-466-6907. And by the way, tell him you heard it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Oh, I love that. Giving ourselves to things we can't control. Kevin, you reminded me. I love that. You reminded me of a time several years ago. I, I'm a huge sports fan. Mm. I would watch a game and get so emotionally invested. If my team lost, I was miserable. I was bare. I, I was, and I'm just going to say it plain and blunt in my West Virginia in my West Virginia ways, I was butthole to be yeah. around. I, I was just a butthole to be around. And and the reason that I say that is, is is I got so engrossed in, you know, that but I had an epiphany one day. I thought, why am I in a bad mood? Mm. I didn't practice all week. I didn't go out there and and throw my blood, sweat, and tears on the field or on the court. Why why am I feeling this bad about this? And and it really changed the way I watch sports. I enjoy it now, but when the game's over, now I admit as a Bengals fan, I didn't watch the last thirty eight seconds of the Super Bowl. I wasn't watching the LA Rams take victory formation. But but here's here's where I will say this. As a parent I, I did get emotionally invested because I remember holding my son as he played his last high school basketball game mm -hmm. and they blew a 15-point lead in the second half and got beat in the state championship game. And I, I he cried on my shoulder. Mm -hmm. I was holding him as he was shaking because it was over. And then I went and got his some of his other teammates that were seniors that were crying because it was over. 
And in that moment, the wisdom of dad kicked in. Mm -hmm. And I said, man, my son, I need to go hold my son here. Mm -hmm. And and here's the thing, Kevin, I, I want to share this. And thank you for allowing me to share this because I felt my dad, my, my late dad, I've talked about him a lot on this podcast. I felt my dad whispering in my ear saying, you're doing the right thing mm -hmm. in that moment. And I felt my dad say, this is what it's about. This is the wisdom of being a parent. This is mm -hmm. what I was trying to tell you when your kid was born. It's not about you. Mm -hmm. And and I know what you, what you were bringing, what you're really bringing home is there are going to be moments when disconnecting is uncomfortable, mm -hmm. when disconnecting is painful. But the encouragement of wisdom is that disconnection causes connection in our lives in other ways. How have you connected? I, I love where you, the disconnection you felt in, in news media and things like that. So what other ways did you connect with things in your life and, and other parts of your life that grew your wisdom from that disconnection? Well, just <clears throat> how many of us look for more time? Always saying we need more time. You disconnect from things, at a minimum, you get additional time. Whatever time that consumed for you before, you've got more time. Now, what you do with that time becomes important. Uh, during that time, I began to uh, do more observation. Again, with me uh, and my challenge with uh, OSTD, my tendency is to run my mouth. And my uh, problem is that uh, what I have had to learn is that we have a design priority, two ears, two eyes, and guess what? One mouth. Yes. And the more I have learned to apply that, uh, the more opportunity for me to gain wisdom. But uh, disconnecting and then look for the things that we need to connect with. See, there, there's another principle involved here. Uh, the principle of grace is truly, as the song indicates, is amazing. But we miss a principle about grace that I was very blessed to learn years ago. And that is the, that grace only comes to those that are dealing with the situation and should be dealing with it, okay? And what happens is when we take on things mentally, emotionally, physically that we shouldn't take on, the problem is when we do that, we also lose the grace to deal with it, especially the grace when it blows up in our face. Yeah. And the, the particular principle applied in this case was taking um, offense for other people. Okay, somebody uh, does you wrong, and as my friend, I start getting all testy and wanting to come to defense, and that's natural, and I appreciate it, but if I take it on too much, and I'm not part of the solution or part of the problem, I'm going to miss the grace to deal with it, and if it blows up, not only is it going to, you know, potentially be harmful, devastating to you, 
But at that point, I'm devastated and I can't be there for you right? because I'm devastated. Well, we've looked at that and, and especially in, in, and I will say this in the Southern culture. Okay, here, here's where I'll put that. And I love the way you, you phrase that. You know, you, you talk about somebody go, boy, that guy's a good friend, man. He'll fight somebody for you. Yeah. And, and it's like, well, wait a minute. I couldn't keep my mouth shut. That's why my friend had to come in and and fight for me because I was too stupid to, to keep my mouth shut. And, and folks, forgive me, my, my hillbilly's coming out in a little bit here because, <laughs> because again, I, I've heard that all my life. Boy, that guy's a good guy. Boy, he'll fight anybody for you, man. You, you know, my friend shouldn't have to fight for me if I'm wise mm -hmm. and doing the things that I need to do and knowing how and, and Kevin, I've jumped in on social media when I've seen somebody getting attacked that I care about. Me too. <laughs> I, I will I'm be like them's fighting words right there. Yeah. You know? Because you do you feel a kinship. And and mm -hmm. we you know, where I live in West Virginia, we talk about kinfolk all the time. Mm -hmm. And and you learn to to value people and appreciate mm -hmm. them. And when somebody's attacking them, boy, it feels like it's a personal affront mm -hmm. on you. And and I love what you said there about disconnecting when the fight's not yours mm -hmm. and, and, and the wisdom there. But I feel like a lot of times, Kevin, that people, we don't come to people's defense when they need us to come to their defense. Well, a part of the problem is we don't have the wisdom to know when to and when not to. See, that's the value of wisdom. There are times that somebody comes after my friend, my family, that they're going to have to go through me. And that's the wise approach. But there are other times where the wise approach for me is to stay out of the way, uh, in fact, with and this one's hard with our children. Yeah. <laughs> don't def, don't get in front and between them and a problem they've created because if we keep doing it, they're going to keep doing it. Well, we don't have a gambler's mentality there, and I've told people quite a bit. I said we've got to develop a gambler's mentality. That old Kenny Rogers song: "You got to mm -hmm. know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run." And you're right, as parents, the natural instinct is. Well, that's my kid. I don't want to see nobody mess with my kid. When the right thing to do and the wise thing to do is, hey, hey, bud, you made this mess. Missy, little Missy, you made this mess. Dad loves you, but you got to learn to, to clean your way out of it. Well, and I'm going to probably step into a hornet's nest. I may be poking the bear on this one. <laughs> part, of, part of the problem is that we have a mom and a dad for a reason, okay? Moms are there to nurture the children, build beauty in them, and all of that. Dads are supposed to be there as men to protect as part of it, but some of the time is to be able to look at a junior or sissy and say, you know, you, you, you walked into this, yeah. you gotta walk through it yeah. and step back now the uh, beauty of it is, like you said, by not being emotionally involved when they get through it and they've been beat up and bloodied uh, literally or uh, figuratively 
we're there then to, if they need a hug, to hug them, yeah. to put a Band-Aid on it. But if we're emotionally involved and caught up in it and we don't have the that grace that they get, because at the end, they if they approach it correctly, God gives them the grace to learn and grow from it. If we are involved and shouldn't be, <laughs> we're ju uh, we've just been uh, beat up and have to figure it out for ourselves. And yeah. the wisdom is learning when to do what. See, uh, execution. We are so caught up in execution uh, and getting the formula, the five easy steps, the seven easy habits that we've lost the view of getting the wisdom of knowing when to respond in a given way. And uh, that's, we talk about balance. Balance is not walk in the middle of the road. Balance is, uh, in fact, there's an old saying, Confucius says, man who walks down the middle of the road gets hit by cars going both ways. <laughs> and uh, yeah. the, uh, the balance is that at a drop of a hat, uh, and this is especially true with our children, I can be scolding my child one moment, truth, telling them like it is. Yeah. And the next moment, I can be crying with them. Yeah. And that's that the love and the compassion. Speak the truth, but do it in love. And the wisdom is, which one do I move towards in a given moment? And there's no formula to offer that. We can look for it. We try hard. We write books on it. Well, in this situation, this, this, and this. Yeah, that may work in one situation, but every child's different. Whatever. Every situation's different. And the more we can gain wisdom, that perspective, that insight from God's point of view, that big picture, and begin to recognize it, uh, we have a better chance of responding well. And you were talking about the quarterback. Uh, one of the things that you said that I, I just it caught my ear is that in what he did one time that cost a turnover is he reacted. The second time that kept them with possession of the ball, he responded. Yes. And that is just such a key thing. When things happen, rarely do we have to react now in the military different story police different story they have to be well trained how to react and but most of us don't need that most of us don't need to react to most of any of the situations we're in but rather than gaining the wisdom rather than having the restraint self-discipline to not react but rather respond, it costs us. And the more that I learn how to respond, and again, my area that I continue to work on, because this is just my hot button, is driving. Uh, I drive a lot, have drived a lot over the years, and I watch behaviors of other drivers, and uh, I really have to pray, God, give me grace for this one, because right now, it, I want to react in so many ways. Yeah. And, but uh, figuring, the, figuring those things out and learning to respond rather than react. Uh, and one of uh, the a pastor I heard said, measured response, measured response. Yeah, yeah, 
it's about being tactical instead of emotional. Yeah. It, it is all about that. Kevin, I did this on the last episode we recorded. I want to give you the chance to tell folks how they can connect with you. Well, you can definitely still follow me on LinkedIn. Connecting is difficult because I stay at the 30,000 limit most of the time. Uh, you can reach out to me, direct message. My email is in my contact information. And uh, those are the best ways. And I am responsive because that's become kind of an area of, uh, of help and ministry that God seems to have me in. So I'm there and I'm attuned and happy to work with people this has been so good and and again folks the encouragement of wisdom the intentional encouragement of wisdom i would intentionally encourage you to seek out kevin's wisdom seeker podcast seek out his wisdom nuggets um a, a man that i deeply admire and respect and and honored to call him a friend kevin ward today on the intentional encourage podcast kevin thank you so much for joining me Always an honor, brother. Always an honor. Enjoy our conversation every time. Thanks. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.